say a word to all those in the valley. I know there's a lot of people in here. This is a rough week. I ain't going to lie. This has been a booger. Uh, uh, when you're in the valley, keep this in mind. Some of you are not. Some of you got it pretty good right now. Everything's going great. Everything's up. Maybe you're on the mountaintop. But trust me, uh, beside every mountain, there's a valley. So you're either going, you're either coming out of one, you're either in one, or you're fixing to go in one, one or the other. But just keep this in mind. You that are in the valley this morning, it's dark, and it's a, it's a it, it, it's a scary place, and it and it and it's a it's a place that's very frustrating and discouraging. But the psalmist said it best when he said, "Yea, though I walk." He didn't say, I come here to stay. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Through the valley. I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now here's the thing. Keep this in mind. You're not going to be in this forever. The devil will tell you that. The devil will tell you it's always going to be like this. The devil will tell you it's always going to be this way, but he's a liar. We, we, we didn't come to pitch a tent in the valley. We came to go through it. And we will. Say amen. amen. All right. I want you to take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn again to 1 Peter chapter number 2. Uh, Lord's willing, we're going to finish this chapter up today. I'm very excited about today. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Some of us are going to be mad. <clears throat> Some of us are going to be glad. Some of us are going to be sad. Some of us are going to think you've been had. <laughs> Amen. Uh, today, today, we are going to talk about our role in the workforce. Our role in the workforce. Matter of fact, I titled this, this message today, Let's Go to Work. Say it with me. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. You see, Peter's been addressing, he's been addressing our roles as Christians in our lives. Last week, we talked about our role as a citizen of this country, our role as a citizen. Well, this week, we're going to talk about our role as an employee or an employer, because there's both in here. We've got employees in here, and we have employers in here. And guess what? God has got stipulations for you. God has got responsibilities for you. God has got expectations for you as an employee, but also as an employer. Are you all with me? And we're, so that's what we're going to look at today, and, and, and it's amazing. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is about the last few months and, and, and the way we've been studying this and how this ties into what we're doing on Wednesday night. It just all goes together, and, and, and sometimes I think we fail to realize just how practical the Bible is. I mean, everything that we're going to see today, verse by verse by verse, we're going to learn. It is so practical, we can use this and apply this every single day of our life. Isn't that wonderful, church? Amen. Amen. Now, let's look in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse number 18. And what we're going to do, I'll read these couple verses, and then then we'll pray and you can sit down. And then I'm going to bring in Ephesians and Colossians. We're We're going to bring in the portion of Scripture that Paul used and put them all together. What Peter said about employment what Paul said about employment. Put them all together and then take the truths from them so we'll know how to act on both of those, both of those issues. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Because, listen, remember, we are different. Be ye holy, which means different. Be ye holy, for I am holy. In other words, 
We can't be the same as all the other employees at work. We can't be the same as all the employers out there. We're different. We're God's people. Listen, we don't separate all this stuff. We don't come in here and be God's people in this room and then go out there and be like everybody else. It's all, we're all the, it, it, we're, we are a Christian no matter where we are and no matter what time it is, no matter what day it is. Does that make sense? All right, look here. First Peter chapter number 2 in verse number 18. Servants, say that word. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the froward. Now, now that word means warped, perverse, and crooked. Some of y'all said, that's mine! It might be, but God said to treat that one just like you would treat a good one. Okay, see how much fun we're going to have today? For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully in other words if he with a purpose of trying to be right with god he puts up with grief and suffering wrongfully what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults ye shall take it patiently in other words if you're being ignorant and you get in trouble there's no glory in that if you're doing stuff you shouldn't do and you get buffeted if you get in trouble for that there's no glory in that but watch but if when ye do well and suffer for it Ye take it patiently. Watch this. This is acceptable with God. That word acceptable there means pleasing. It means it tickles God to death when he sees his children being patient in their suffering. Look what it says. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that ye should follow his what? Watch, it, watch what he did. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he reviled, he reviled not again. Basically that means cussed out. Spoken to in a, in a shameful manner. When he suffered, he threatened not. But committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his, his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray. But are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to, to serve you and be in your house. I pray that you'll help us all to learn to be the best Christian employees, the best Christian employers we could ever be. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of serving you. God, I pray that you'll just bless and anoint this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> Reaching the end of a job interview... A human resource officer uh, uh, asked a young engineer fresh out of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He said, sir, what, what starting salary are you looking for? The engineer replies, well, in the region of $125,000 a year, depending on benefits package. The interviewer inquires, and he, he says, um, uh, well, what do you, what, what, what'd you say to a package of five weeks vacation 14 paid holidays, full medical and dental, company matching retirement fund of 50% of your salary, and a company car leased every two years like a red Corvette. The engineer sits up straight and says, Wow, are you kidding? He said, Yeah, but you started it.
I'm sorry, that was just too funny not to share. Amen? How many, how many of y'all have realized, and, and, and I, I don't want to get into politics, and I don't want to get into all this stuff, but how many of y'all have realized over the last several years that there has been such a divide driven in the American people? There has been so much talk about the 1%, so much talk about the haves and the have-nots, uh, little have we realized how much of a problem it has caused. We think it's just Republicans and Democrats. We think it's just, uh, you know, the, the very, very wealthy, the very, very poor. It's caused wrong thinking in every area of our country. In, in, in the employment area, no, no, no employees happy, no employees satisfied. No employee thinks they're being done right or being paid enough or being whatever. No employer seems to be satisfied with employees. They're not working up to... We, our country's in a mess. And listen, we, we, need, we need to get a hold of this thing. And you say, well, why, why are you getting into all that? The Bible gets into all that. The Bible specifically tells us how we are to be as an employee or as an employer. And here's what I'd like to do. I want to take... I want to take I, what I did, and I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. I took three portions of Scripture. I took what we just read, what we, we have here in First Peter, and then Paul addresses it specifically in Ephesians chapter 6, and then in Colossians chapter 3, he addresses it more and gives great detail how we should be. Now, if you'll see the yellow part, that's for the employers. See, God didn't leave them out either. He said, you've got responsibilities too. So what I want to do, I want to put all three of these together and take out from each portion of Scripture, what God said about us as an employee or an employer, how we should behave when it comes to being a Christian in the employment world. Does that make sense? Now watch. Let's read it. Let's read it. <clears throat> and we just read First Peter, so let me, let me throw in Ephesians chapter 6, at verse number 1. The first word of First Peter chapter 2, verse 18 says, Servants, be subject. Then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, it says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Talking about a slave or a free man. Now, ultimately, all three of these portions of scriptures is dealing with slaves in that day. But we apply it today as employers, as people serving or working for someone else. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now watch. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. Now let's look at Colossians 3. First, same word, servants. Same thing, obey. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that the Lord of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. Masters, get this is chapter 4, verse 1. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master 
in heaven. All right, so let's do this. Let's start with the employees. Number one, if you're taking notes, let's, let's look at the responsibility as an employer or an employee. If I am working for someone, if I am I'm employed by someone serving someone, what should I be? What kind of mentality should I have? And what, what, should, what, should I, what am I learning from these portions of Scripture? Now, let me tell you this, too. This, is, this will be an amazing message. I'm telling you, this will be an amazing, life-changing message for people who hate to go to work. If you despise work, you despise, you hate it, you hate the company you work for, you hate the boss you work for, you hate all this kind of stuff, you just despise it, it's just like the worst thing in the world, and then not necessarily, not necessarily the fact that work, some people hate work because they're lazy. And they just need to, they just need a, a, a character adjustment. Are you with me? Actually, they just need to go hungry for a little while. Because hunger will motivate you. If a man don't work, neither should he. That's Bible. That's not Malcolm's theology. That's Bible. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are not lazy. They want to work. They're willing to work. But the, their, 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 their boss is horrible. Their jobs, it just seems like it's a grind. And it, all right, let's change all that. Let's change. Which, how am I supposed to change all that? Watch. Let's study the Bible and see what the Bible says. First thing. As an employee, the first thing I have to do this morning, I want you to do this. Before you go to work tomorrow, I want you to do this. I want you to consider your motivation. I want you to consider your motivation. You say, Preacher, what are you talking about? Here's here's a question I want to ask you. Why do you go to work? I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. That's an easy one. That's a dumb question. It's like the sign says, I owe, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. I go because I got bills, preacher. I go because I get hungry regular. I go because I need... Listen, if that's your sole motivation, you're always going to hate work. If your motivation for going to work is survival, is survival... If your motivation for going to work is, is let's, let's throw prosperity in there. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get rich. That's my motivation for going to work, so I can get rich. All right, guess what? You're going to find maybe you do get rich. But if you do get rich, when you get there, when you arrive to that destination, you've killed yourself to get, and you'll find out, like Solomon did, it's not fulfilling. People will kill themselves to get a pile of money. I mean, they'll, they'll work themselves to the bone hour, 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 after hour, after hour, after hour, and they, they destroy their health to gain their riches. And then they turn around and spend all their riches to try to get their health back. What's your motivation for going to work? Because the Bible, the Bible says something about that. What is your motivation? Why do you go to work? Because, because... When you determine why you go to work, you will determine who you work for. Because that's the second part of the motivation. Who do you work for? Well, I work for uh, Cash Acme, or I, w- I work for uh, Ray Hall, or, or I-, I work for such and such incorporated. Or that's what, really, if that's who you work for, you're always going to be miserable. Well, what are you, who am I supposed to work for? Let's read. Let's read. 1 Corinthians, or I'll get to that one in a minute. 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 19. 
It says this, for this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God, if he has a desire to please God, all right? That's his motivation, a desire to please God. Now watch this, look in, look in Ephesians 6. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Watch this. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of doing the will of from the with good will doing service as to the and not to Oh boy. Colossians three twenty two. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the and not unto knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. What does that mean? If you will change your motivation, if tomorrow morning you get up and you decide, I'm not working for Ray Hall, I'm working for Jesus Incorporated. I work for Jesus. Jesus is my boss. That's what, is that not what it's saying? I'm, am, I not, am I not reading English? Is that not what it says? It says, serve as unto the Lord. In other words, when you go to work, you're working like you work for the Lord. When you go to work, you go with the mentality that the Lord is my boss, the Lord is my employer, everything I do, it is for the Lord. Listen, it's going to get a lot rougher than this, so y'all might as well loosen up and enjoy it. You want me to tell you why we're all messed up all the time? Because we have the wrong motivation. Well, what else? Watch this. And I'll give you some encouragement with it, too. We not only should have in our head that we are working for the Lord, but we are doing what we do for His glory. Look what it says. I got it right here. Look here. Look here. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether, whether, therefore, ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do do, do all to the glory of God. If you dig ditches, man, shovel that dirt to the glory of God. I want you to see I'm a ditch digger from, from heaven. God has sent me. I work for God, and I'm going to show you how a Christian digs a ditch, buddy. Set you up a chair and watch me go. No, no, it don't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you're employed. You're working for God. If you are a child of God, He is your boss. He is your manager. He is your employer. It doesn't matter whose name's on the check. Somebody say amen. amen. See, that's the only way you're going to be able to put up with a froward boss. That's the only way you're going to deal with this. It's the only way you're going to put up with a difficult job is when you realize I'm working for Jesus. I know what you're thinking. So what? How's that going to help me? Watch this. <laughs> All right. Watch this. Watch this. Colossians 3, verse 24. Colossians 3, verse 24. Look what it says. 
if you do all this, if your motivation's right, if the reason you're going to work and who you work for is God and His glory, knowing that of the Lord ye shall... Say it again. I like to receive. How about y'all? Ye shall receive a what? Reward. What does that mean? If God is your employer, He is your compensator. You say, yeah, but so-and-so writes my check. It don't matter. Not if you're working for the Lord. See, when you work for the Lord, He can compensate you in ways that they can't. And He'll give you raises that they can't. He'll provide the way they can't. He'll let things come in that you never knew would happen. You never know how in the world did that take place. How in the world did this come to me? I tell you what, I tell you what's wrong with some of y'all. Y'all working for the wrong corporation. You need to be working for Jesus Incorporated because His benefits are unbelievable. Can you imagine how your life would change if you got up this morning and said, I'm going to work for Jesus. So I'm going to, uh, you know, only church people work for Jesus. No, uh uh we all work for Jesus. We just do a different style of work. All right, who are you working for? The Bible says we should go to work every day as Jesus, as our boss. He's our motivation. And more importantly, more importantly, the glory of God. The glory of God. And if we do that, He is going to compensate us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a check from heaven than a check from people's. Are y'all with me? Now, watch. Now, watch. How, how, do we, how, how should we be as employees? First, we should consider our motive. That's the first thing. We should consider our motive. Who it is we're working for and why we're we working. And what should it be? We should be working for Jesus, and our motivation is the glory of God. No matter what I do, I, it don't matter what you do. If they give you the worst job in the plant, do it to the glory of God. Do it like Jesus is watching. Say amen. Because he is. All right? Consider our motives. Secondly, secondly, check your attitude. Everybody say, man, it's quiet this morning. Check your attitude. <clears throat> so where do you find that? 1 Peter 2.18. Servants be subject. That means submissive. That means obedient. It means compliant. Ephesians 6, 5. Servants be obedient. It says with fear and trembling. That means respectful. All right? With singleness of heart. Singleness of heart means you're you're dedicated. It means you're in, you're committed, okay? Uh, singleness of heart, fearing God. All right, Colossians, servants, servants, Colossians 3.22, servants obey in all things. And now watch, it even goes to describe it a little bit. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart. You know what that means, not as eye service? That means you work when they're watching Everybody works when the boss is there. You know what God is saying right here? 
if the only time you work when the boss is there, that's not very Christian. You say, why do you say that? Because guess what? If you're serving Jesus, he's always watching. If you are a Christian employee, shouldn't nobody have to stand over and watch you? Now, some people, some people pride themselves in being a jerk. They pride themselves in, in being, being resistant to everything. Got something smart to say about everything. I'm going to stick it to the man. Well, if it wasn't for the man, you wouldn't have a job. The Bible says submissive. It says obedient, compliant. Then it says this, serve the Lord with gladness. Some of y'all kind of like the little fella. You know, mom told him to take out the trash. Well, he got it. That's not serving the Lord with gladness. Well, I, you, preacher, you're at my... No, we're serving the Lord, remember? The Lord is our boss. I knew this wouldn't go over very well, but it is what it is. We're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to bow up all the time. We're not supposed to complain about everything. I've got, I've got a top ten list of employers' pet peeves we're going to go over. You're really going to like them. How's your attitude at work? Does your boss appreciate you and love to see you come? or Is, he, is it a grief to him to manage you all the time? Mm-hmm. Check your attitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. Amen? Then see, we need to correct our behavior. We need to check our attitude, and we need to correct our behavior. Where do you get that, preacher? Ephesians 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ. Watch, watch, watch what it says in Colossians 3.22. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. What does that mean? When you go to work tomorrow, are you going to do it the best you can? Are you going to put in your best effort? Are you going to do it heartily? Now, let's be honest. We're all adults in here. Most, most everybody in here is Christians. So as Christian adults, let's be honest and be mature about this thing. Are you going into work every day of your life and doing the very best you can, just like Jesus is watching you? Or do we do enough to get by? Do we do just enough to keep from being fired? Well, guess what? That's not Christian. Not according to the verses I'm reading. Are you giving your best effort? Are you doing it heartily, wide open? Do you take pride in what you do? Are you just enough to get by? 
Well, preacher, if they give me a raise, I... Listen, earn it. People say, I'd work harder if they'd pay me more. That's not the way it works. You work harder first, then they pay you more. We all, we all good? Balcony? We all good up in the balcony? Everybody good? All right. Y'all ready for the top ten? And don't worry, I'm going to get on y'all's bosses in just a minute, all right? Top ten. Top ten employers' pet peeves. On the very top of the list. This, I, I was surprised at this, but it is what it is. Number one, pet peeve, abuse of sick leave. Abuse of sick leave. Here's the thing. Sick leave is insurance, not extra vacation time. Sick leave is, is supposed to be a benefit for you in case you get not extra vacation time that you hadn't taken yet to the end of the year and everybody wants to cash it in. Pet peeve number one. Number two. Number two. Now, now, now let me say this. Now let me say this. Uh... Make sure, before you get mad, you see if anything I'm saying is not biblical. Okay. Number two, poor hygiene. Let's put some deodorant on. Say amen right there. Everybody needs a little, little, little deodorant every now and then. Amen. A little, little perfume won't hurt another thing. All right. Out of control cubicles. If you work in the office, if you work in, in, in the cubicles, and, and listen, it's not Christmas every week. Say amen. And, and, and there's, anyway, do not put many decorations in your office or cubicle. Make sure your desk and items contained to your desk and not, anyway. All right. Number four, unorthodox noises. Do not set your computer to make noises every time you click a button, such as quacking when you open an email. Turn the sound, turn the sound off of your cell phone, especially if you have music set on your ringtone, unorthodox noises. Now, we can apply that. That's usually in, in office jobs. We can apply this in the workplace, uh, you know, uh, rough and tuck red, rednecks out on the crew and all. Y'all make unorthodox noises too, but y'all just take that for what it is. Keep them to yourself. <laughs> and all the Christians say it. All right. No. <laughs> Number five. Number five, obnoxious phone behavior. It is never appropriate to receive multiple personal calls on your cell phone or office phone at work. Do not force your boss to eavesdrop on your phone conversations and make sure they are work-related. Just behave. Say amen. And by the way, this don't have nothing to do with this, but if you go to the movies, turn your phone off. Anyway, <clears throat> number six, number six. Ooh, this is big. Number six, complaining about salary all the time or pay scale. Let me say something about this. Let me say something about this. If, if you are not getting paid right, it's your fault. It's your fault. Now, let me explain. Let me explain before you start throwing tomatoes and everything. I'm glad we don't have a vegetable bin out there. Amen? Here's, here's what I mean. Pay scale is determined by economics. It, it's supply and demand. It's supply and demand. In other words, in other words you are worth what someone is willing to pay you. That's, that's, that's the way it works. You are worth what someone is... It don't matter how many degrees you have. 
How many, how many college kids do you see right now are graduating colleges and they've got more degrees than a thermometer? I'm talking about they've got them stacked up and cannot find a job. Cannot find a job. Your degrees do not determine how much you're worth. Okay? How well you know the employer does not determine how much you're worth. What determines your worth is what someone is willing to pay you. So... As, as if you're on the job and you're complaining about your pay all the time, then why, if you're worth what you say you're worth, then why don't you go to that man that's willing to pay you that? Why are you still there? And you say, well, I, I can't really find someone that's willing to pay me what I think I'm worth. Then you're not worth what you think you're worth. We've, we've had this crisis of, of people leaving, leaving skilled jobs, going to tech jobs and going to college and getting all these degrees and they're still living with their parents. But guess what? A welder can go get a job right now making $30 an hour. You know why? Supply and demand. There's no welders. Now watch. Now, And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to help us, y'all. I'm just trying to help us. If an employer has 15 people lined up, and they can pay them $10 an hour, why should he pay you 15 if they can do the same skills? You see how this works? So quit complaining. Go find that man that's willing to pay you what you think you're worth. If you can't, hush. Or increase your skills. Improve your skills. Make them have to pay you. Become, become so skilled that they have to pay you what you demand because they can't find nobody else to do it. Don't just sit around and complain. Listen, complaining never got you anything. Are y'all with me? So, moving right along. Chronic tardiness. Chronic tardiness. It, it's unprofessional. And it amounts to stealing. Uh, <laughs> selling your wares at the office. Every child, every child that has to sell something, please, please, listen. Let's don't make, let's don't make the church a flea market. Uh, nobody, nobody wants to go to church and have to wade through 15 people wanting to sell everything in the world before they get in the building. That's just not fair. Keep it out the office. Say amen. Red and blue states. All right, keep that out the office. That don't never work, none at all. Amen. I, one day, I hollered down the hallway because they were just going after it, back and forth across the hall, back and forth across the hall. I stood out in the hallway. I said, listen, I don't want to hear another word about nothing. If you all want to talk about Moses, if you want to talk about Elijah, if you want to talk about Peter, John, or any of the rest of them, I don't care, but I don't want to hear nothing else about politics. That's just my thing. All right, no, no, ho, ho. Uh, number 10. Number, and keep this in mind about that. Keep this in mind about that. Here's some wisdom from my, my redneck brother. A mind changed against its will is of the same opinion still. So, so why argue about it, right? And then here's a biggie, here's a biggie. The office sourpuss. Nothing gets under an employer's skin like a chronic complainer 
Do not be a drain on the office. And listen, I'll be honest with you. And, and most employees in here, you've got to admit this. It's not just the employer that hates that. It's the people that have to hear it every day. Be positive. Don't be negative all the time. All right? Let's go to work and be Christian. Say it with me. Let's go to work and be Christian. Let's watch our attitude. Let's go to work with a good attitude. If the boss gives us a job, do it with, with gladness. Do it heartily unto the Lord. Do it like you're doing it for Jesus, not the one standing right in front of you. Are y'all with me? Now, how about employers in the house? God's got something for you too. Look what it says. It says in verse 9, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, And ye masters... Do the same things unto them. Now, this is after, after he just told the employees to be obedient and submissive and, and, and have a good attitude and be respectful and be committed, be determined, work hard. Do it as goodwill unto the Lord. Now watch what he says. And ye masters, do the same things unto them. Forbear threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. Now in Colossians, he addresses it in chapter 4, verse 1. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. If you are a manager, if you're an employee, or excuse me, an employer today, maybe a business owner today, write these four things down. And you say, preacher, I'm an employee, but one day you, 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 you wish to be an employer. You wish to be a manager or boss, and you need to know these things. Four things, real quick, write them down quick. A... A, as an employer, God says you have to respect. He tells the employee to be respectful, and then he says in verse 9, do the same things unto them. If you expect respect from your employee, then you give it. Just because you have a title, just because you're a manager, just because you're an owner, doesn't mean you have a right to disrespect the people under you. You want respect? Give respect. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a command by God. We don't, we don't do this necessarily to be a good boss. We do this to be a good Christian. Respect. B. Write this down. Refuse. Refuse. He says, he says do unto them. And then he says, forbearing threatening. Preacher, what do you need to refuse? Don't resort, this is what I wrote in my notes, don't resort to a mode of management based on fear. Don't resort to a mode of management based on fear. Every single, every single employer in this building, every boss in this building, every manager in this building, every business owner in this building, you need to read this book. It's called The One-Minute Manager. Every one, if you can see it from the top on the bottom, The One-Minute Manager. It will be one of the greatest books you ever read to increase your managerial skills. And it'll keep you from being the bad guy. You don't have to be the jerk. You don't have to be mean and threatening all the time. But you do have to have a system of manage, management skills to keep from that taking place. My dad never threatened anything. I know after all the stories I told you, you think, now, whoa, no, no. My dad laid down the law. And if you broke the law, he broke you. 
What's the point? There was expectations and there was consequences. My dad didn't, he, my dad never said, I tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I, if you ever, if you try, if you don't stop that right, man, please. If you did what he said not to do, ooh. He may have described the consequences while they were taking place. But he, he wasn't about threatening all the time. Little Johnny, I'm just going to make, no. He gave the rule. You broke the rule. You paid the consequences. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to be threatening all. He said, don't do that. Be kind. Be respectful. C, reward. Respect. Refuse. Reward. Look what he says. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal. The word just is right. It means right. The word equal the word equal there, it basically means this. Be good to them. Be good to them. Be fair. Be fair. Do right by your people and be fair. Now, I don't know about you, but I promise you this. Jesus knew all about that. Jesus spoke of rewards all the time. He spoke, uh, 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 listen, uh, be not deceived. God is not mocked. What sort of man soweth, that shall he also you see? Reward. Be right. Do right by your people. D, remember. This is huge. This is huge. Respect, refuse, reward, remember. What do I need to remember? I'm a boss. I'm the man around here. Well, remember, you got a master in heaven. You may be the boss down here, but you got one too. Read it. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing... He said, remember, your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. What does that mean? He don't like you no more than he likes them. And he don't favor you more than he favors them. He loves those under you just like those over you. Y'all with me? Look what it says. It says it again in Colossians 3, 4. Masters, master, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Listen, remember this. When the way you treat people down here, remember one day you're going to stand before God right in his very presence. He's going to look you eyeball to eyeball and you're going to give account how you treated the people under you. I wish I had time. I don't have time this morning. Good night. I want to talk about this authority thing because God, he is serious about authority. He's serious about how people treat authority. And he's serious about how authority treats the people under them. You know, a lot of husbands want to say, why are they supposed to submit to me? you got a greater responsibility than they do. You might want to be careful quoting that verse. Because one day God's going to put you right in front of him, and you're going to stand in front of him, and he, you're going to give account for how you treated and led those under you. Don't forget that. That's coming. Amen? Amen? We having fun? Amen. Lastly, number three. Now, here's the thing. Now that we're all mad <clears throat> and feeling, why should I do all that? Why should, I, why should I be nice to my boss if he's not nice to me? Why should I submit to him even if he's doing me wrong? 
Let me, let me read what it says. In 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse number, verse number uh, let's go back to verse 19. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God, in other words, a desire to be right with God, he endure grief, suffering wrongfully. In other words, he, he's being done wrong at work. They're lying about him. They're treating him bad at work. It says, if you take it patiently, you suffer for it. Verse 20, you take it patiently. This is pleasing to God. Now watch. Why should we do this? Why should we even behave this way, preacher? For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us and what? Leaving us and that we should follow his what? Watch what he did. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But he committed himself to him that judges righteously. Write these three things down and, and then we'll pray. What kind of example did Jesus give us when it comes to employee employment? First, he was an example in word and deed. He was an example in word and deed. The Bible says he did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. What came out of his mouth was honest. What came out of his mouth was true. What came out of his mouth was good and edifying to those around him. What's coming out of your mouth at work today? When I say today, I'm talking about the day we're living in. Is edifying things coming out of your mouth or are you complaining all the time? You're criticizing all the time. You're lying all the time. You're trying everything you can to move up in the system. The Bible says he didn't sin in word or deed. He, he didn't do nobody wrong. He didn't do nobody wrong. And matter of fact, he didn't use anybody to benefit himself. So he was an example in word and deed. The, he was an example in patience. He was an example in patience. Look what it says. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. That, that means cussed out, guys. That's what that means. Cussing him out, doing him wrong, he didn't retaliate. Now, I know, now I know, trust me, there ain't nobody in this building that don't like what I just said as much as I do. I don't like being done wrong. I don't like that kind of thing. Cussing at me, I don't know whether it's a southern thing or a redneck thing or whatever it is, but it just don't sit right. And I understand that, and I know, I know how difficult that is. But I'm just preaching the Bible. Jesus was our great example. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not. But here's the, here's the biggest thing. And guys, this is what we're going to have to do. If we're going to accomplish all this stuff that we just talked about, all this stuff to try to be different, to try not to be like all the other employees, all the other employers, but to be godly and Christian and different in this crooked world, we're going to have to do this one. He was an example in behavior. He was an example in patience. But the most important, he was an example in trust. Watch this. Watch this. When all those people were doing him wrong, when all those people were mistreating him, when all those people were cussing him out and plucking his beard out and spitting in his face and crucifying him, when they were doing all this stuff and he did not retaliate, he turned the other cheek. This is how. The Bible says, but he committed himself to him 
that judgeth righteously. What does that mean? When all that bad stuff was going on, he trusted that Christ, he trusted that God his Father was in control. You see, that's the only way we're going to be able to do this. Preacher, they're doing me wrong. Understand this, God will do you right. You don't know what's happening. God does. And He's in control. And if you take it patiently, you're glorifying Him, and He'll bring you through it. But you've got to trust Him. Every nail they drove in Jesus' hand, He was trusting His Father. Every time they beat Him with a rod, He was trusting His Father. When they drove the, 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 the crown of thorns down into a skull, He was trusting His Father. When they spit in His face and they lied about Him, they lied about him in the courtroom. He never said a word because he was trusting his father. This is the only way it's going to happen, guys. We've got to trust that God knows the truth and he will bring us through. And all God's people say it. Let me read one more verse. One more verse. Listen up. Listen up, guys. Listen up. Watch this. Romans 12, 17. Romans 12, 17 recompense to no man evil for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men if it be possible as much as life in you live peaceably with all men dearly beloved avenge not yourselves avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay saith the lord that's comforting therefore watch this Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, come on, if he thirsts, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Now read it with me. Read verse 21 with me. Everybody read it together. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you want to change where you go to work and the way you go to work and what you get out from your work, apply what I said today. And I guarantee you this, God will change your life. Can we give God praise and glory in the house? Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for correction. Thank you, Lord, for...